0: So not many people watch the World Junior Hockey Championships. What's going on here? Ron Tite is a brand specialist and knows all about the influence of brands and whether or not someone is sort of on the upward trajectory or whether or not someone's on the downward spiral when it comes to their product. We weigh in on Hockey Canada as a brand, hockey as a sport, how we consume that product, all right here. Very happy to have uh, our next guest on uh, to discuss. And uh, we had him on before, and he was great on this uh, stuff. He's also been named one of the top 10 creative Canadians. I like that. By Marketing Magazine, he is Ron Tite, a founder of Church and State. Top 10, I, I mean, who cares about the other nine? I'm talking to one of the 10 right now, Ron. That's all <laughs> I care about.
1: <laughs> yes, and one of, the, uh, uh, one of the people who didn't tune into the World Junior tournament at all in august and so do you think this is a one-off you and i talked
0: before about brand damage about major corporations very canadian centric corporations pulling out saying no more you don't get my money until until you fix this and to be honest same logo same name hockey canada a lot of board rink rink board advertising was gone a lot of the usual sponsors gone and people just said thanks but no thanks they didn't watch
1: yeah, I think it, it 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 might be a blip. I mean, you know, this is trying to sell World Juniors in August is, is like trying to sell pumpkin pie in March. There's a, you know, there's a seasonality of the World Juniors that people, it has a place in their lives in December. That's we know it is, that's when we watch it, and everything suits up for that. So uh, I think uh, the, I think the real problem isn't, you know, can Hockey Canada recover? You know, this isn't about, whether Hockey Canada can recover, it's but whether hockey in Canada can recover. Is this an organizational blip? Is this a junior thing? Or is this more widespread than that? Is this people kind of taking a look at hockey culture And thinking maybe this isn't going in the direction we needed to go.
0: And it was already look, I think it was headed in that way. I don't have kids in hockey anymore, but it was already headed in the way of being an expensive sport to play. If you're not playing at the house league level, it gets more expensive as it goes on. You and me and our parents paid a lot less for our equipment, uh, you know, on on even a a graduated inflationary basis than parents are paying now. Um, So
1: it's it's felt in a little ways. Like a rich kid sport for a while. It has. it It is, yeah. And there, there are just so many more options. I mean, it's not like it's the only thing that kids can do. Uh, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and I, I don't want to get up at 5 a.m. and drive to a hockey arena in the middle of nowhere. For, <laughs> so I'm hoping they don't like it. Uh, but <laughs> like, hey, if you guys tried gymnastics? Let's give that a go. Yeah, that's, um, that
0: starts at noon. That lets daddy sleep in on a Saturday. Yeah, let's that's go. right. That's right. But yeah, there's just,
1: you know, in the in the brand world, there are some brands that can can stand the test of time because of poor competition. Great legacy, everything else. And hockey now is just seeming like it just seems like it's that old dusty brand. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, my dad used that brand, but it's not a contemporary brand. And that's the danger that hockey uh, and and all hockey, not just hockey can. I'm talking in the NHL. I'm talking the OHL. And uh, at all kind of amateur hockey across the country. This is a hockey problem.
0: Ron Tite is joining us on Toronto Today. And, you know, even if we're talking entertainment options, even if we're talking about how, you know, television networks have to compete with streaming, there are so many more sports available to click through, whereas you and I sat there. 30, 35 years ago on a weekend and there were seven or eight channels to choose from. There isn't yeah. that now. And when you can watch any soccer match, any F1 match, the UFC, like there's just there's new sports, let alone the access to traditional sports. So we just grew up watching nonstop baseball and hockey in Canada. There's more options for kids and young adults.
1: Yeah. You know, what happened is that, you know, the cost of production came down drastically and then. Uh, Global instantaneous distribution was available to everybody. And when you combine those two things, low cost of production, global distribution, what you get is this desire to create niche and create and consume niche content. And so, look, I've got a friend whose son is at a Rubik's Cube tournament. There are people who are kind of tuning in to follow this, (laughs) the the rise of e-gaming of uh, not just playing video games, but sitting down looking at Twitch to watch other people. Play video games so people can get really, really interested in really niche pursuits and really niche uh, sports. Do you feel like the name and the logo?
0: I I saw the logo and I kind of I kind of flinch still when I see the logo and the black red and the white. And look, uh, uh, any kind of Canadian hockey logo or brand probably has to feature the colors red and white. But but I see the name and I I, I know we talked about this when we talked in June. I I just don't think it's it may not be sustainable. And maybe this week was sort of the bellwether for people to sit around a boardroom and go, no matter what happens to any of us, if any of us are still standing a month or two from now or we try and get our funding back, we got to change the name and how we how we appear to the consumer.
1: Yes, I would definitely think the first thing that has to happen, of course, is the the logo would be the the kind of the communication part of, of the brand. And um, what they're going to need to do is one, they're going to be need to be completely transparent. They need to be completely accountable, hold people to account who are responsible. They need a path forward in terms of this is what we discovered went wrong. This is how we're going to fix it. And then and when you're looking at that broader cultural piece, yeah, I think we might see a name change. You might see a logo change. Um, and then if it is a broader hockey culture problem, then you're going to have to see the NHL and all the other hockey organizations get involved and step forward and say, you know what? This is it's kind of a me too moment. It's mm-hmm. like us too. You know what? We've got to change this. And the change room needs to literally are you ready for this, Greg? Yeah. The change room literally needs to become. The change room. It needs to become the place that changes. It needs to become the conversations change, that behavior changes and that action changes. Mm-hmm. And only then will the communication of that change be really powerful and give them a chance to come back.
0: Ron Tights kind of to join us, chief creative officer at Church and State. So for a big brand, you're sitting in a boardroom today at, at Tim Hortons or tell us and you're talking about these things. There probably isn't a big push to jump back in yet. Not enough has happened. Like, it's not just about a pound of flesh. It's about sustainable, meaningful, progressive change. And I don't think any of us could say, I mean, the federal government's not exactly knocking at the door going, hey, here's your funding back. Grassroots organizations aren't saying, hey, enrollments up, take our
1: money. None of that's happening. Zero of it's happening. No, they they just for a marketer to make that decision, and certainly for people like us or agencies who advise marketers on those decisions, we need to look at the numbers and go, hey, this makes sense for you to be here, either from a performance standpoint. Oh, wow, there are ten million people that watched this game and you guys missed out. or, you know, from a brand connection standpoint. And right now, because the, there are too many variables to evaluate those numbers, Right now, it's all about a brand connection. I don't want my brand associated with the values of that organization because they're out of sync. So when it appears as if the values are heading back and it looks like mm. I can support this with data that says you guys should be there, yeah, I think you're going to see those decisions continue.
0: Do you think these are harder decisions to make or easier decisions to make in the social media world we live in, I, I look at people's, you know, their Twitter accounts or their Instagram. Everybody kind of has, kind of has their own, their own talk show. They've got their own megaphone, so they can say, "I had a bad experience with this airline or with this restaurant. You should boycott it." But, but if if you're not really a big voice, you're, you're kind of screaming out into the uh, into the wilderness. But if enough people say. We don't want any part of this. And this has happened. You see this more happen more in the States with, you know, maybe something on Fox News or even something on one of the other networks where they're like, this personality has gone too far. Here are all the products that endorse him. Don't buy these products. That seems to be more frequent now. Whereas 25 years ago, you could kind of probably creep back if you're one of these companies and decide if it's worth it or not, even as a trial balloon basis.
1: Yeah, Greg, I'll tell you, the the conversation that's really, uh, that dominates a lot of creative discussions in boardrooms that we have with clients is what happens if we get that one negative tweet that blows up. So there is this fear in marketers of, yeah, but what about that one person? What about that minority group who, you know, of, of, you know, 1.5% of Canadians that represent uh, a certain interest? What if they come back at us and we have to defend this? Can we defend this? And back in the old, you know, running a TV commercial days, that just didn't happen. No. The, the conversation was, how many letters are we going to receive from concerned Canadians? Now, uh, you know, uh, the the mobs can take you down in a millisecond. Like, I think I think Don Sherry's
0: that cautionary tale, isn't it? Social media wouldn't have been kind of something he might have said and. 1986 or 1990 on television but and again it maybe it's a perfect storm maybe he's you know aging out maybe there's consideration to to go with fresh voices and fresh faces but for how it all landed um it it was sort of it checked every box that that might mean well maybe you won't see Don Cherry again after what he said the one night
1: yeah I think I think to be fair I think Don Cherry is still someone that people point to, to talk about hockey culture to say, look, Mm -hmm. remember what the things that he used to say and the number of people who loved him for it. Mm -hmm. And those just weren't progressive things to say. Those just weren't in line with a lot of organizations values Mm -hmm. or a belief of of the country or where where hockey should be. And uh, I think we're still, I think we're still feeling the Don Cherry effect, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you're right. He would have been canceled. Mm much sooner uh, had social media been around
0: earlier. Ron Tite, Chief Creative Officer at Church and State. Smart dude. Great stuff. Loved having you on, Ron. Thanks very much for the chat today.
1: Thanks, Greg. Have a great week, everybody.